the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Pro-lifers have spent decades now talking about the fact that every child is actually wanted, right? So if we could just convince young unmarried moms to carry their babies to term, that all the babies would be adopted and that that's really the best thing. That's what God wants. It's the best thing for the woman, you know, on and on. Now, I think it is the best thing for everybody, but it's also so much more complicated emotionally, um, organizationally, than I think we tend to make out when we're talking about the issue. Would it be so cut and dried? Right. Now, I remember, um, you know, I had spent a a good amount of years in Pittsburgh talking about the abortion issue and um, from an anti-abortion perspective. But when I was in the room with a woman when she gave her child up for adoption, it was different. How so? It's not that I thought that she was doing the wrong thing because it was the right thing. It was the right thing for her. It was the right thing for the birth parents. It was the right thing for the baby. It was the most heart-wrenching, unnatural thing to watch. I mean, I can't even express the angst that I felt. And it wasn't my baby. You know, I I was there as a support for someone else. But being there just makes it, it makes you dislike the way we talk about it publicly because we make it seem antiseptic. We make it seem, you know, it's the, it's the heroic thing. And so good for you. And this is awesome and blah, blah. And it is heroic. Do you know what I mean? And it is awesome, but it's also so unbelievably agonizing and i wish that when we talked about it in society in american culture in particular because this is my country i wish that we talked about it with more compassion with more compassion for the birth parents with more compassion for the adoptive parents it's just a very hard thing it requires a lot of support from community and it's something that instead of being black and white there's a lot of gray Hmm. Melissa Coles is with us. She has lived what Kath has just described in town in Pittsburgh for the kickoff of the 40 Days for Life campaign this year underway September 25th to November 3rd. Information about that online at 40daysforlife.com local campaigns. But Melissa Coles has a story to tell. And there's also a wonderful short documentary called I Lived on Parker Avenue, where she is featured as the birth mother in this documentary. And Melissa's with us now on the air. Melissa, thanks for coming along today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Real good, thanks. Thanks for being with us here. We're excited to talk to you, and especially for your appearance here in the city of Pittsburgh. 
Thank you. I'm, I'm very looking very forward to arriving next week, and I'm getting very excited. Melissa, why don't you start off by telling your story um, as you want to share it? Um, how did it begin? How did this journey for you start? Well, how my journey started, I was 18 years old, and I was just finishing up high school. And I was in my school bathroom as one of my girlfriends held my hair back, and I was vomiting in the toilet, and she jokingly said, oh my, I hope you're not pregnant. And I just kind of jokingly blew it off, like, no, you know, and um, found out after being sick for a couple of weeks, I took a pregnancy test and realized that I was indeed pregnant. And um, that's kind of where my journey began. Very scared, young, young, young adult. And what did you think at that point? You, you realized that you're pregnant. Do you have a relationship with the dad? Um, yes, I, have a re- I had a relationship with the birth father. We were actually together for um, 14 years. We were married seven of those years. So, um, you know, we stayed together throughout all that, and we tried to make it work after that. But um, we both ended up in, in different lives as, as we grew, grew older and, and grew up. Right. So, Melissa, in the story um, that you're telling and from the film, I Lived on Parker Avenue, there you are as a young girl, and you realize you're pregnant, uh, I mean, really young. And so you decide, like uh, like a lot of kids, the best thing to do is for me to go and, and I'm going to rid myself of the baby. I'm going to go and have an abortion. But you walk past a, a group of protesters. You walk into the abortion facility. You lay down on the table. You're about to undergo the abortion. And then, for whatever reason, of which I'm sure there were multiple reasons, you had a change of heart. Tell us about that moment. I did have a big change of heart. I, uh, as I entered the um, abortion clinic, and you got to remember, this is 25 years ago when we didn't have Starbucks and mobile hotspots every five blocks away, so we didn't have resources at our fingertips like we, like we do today. Right. So things were very, very different back then. There were three big things that, that helped me get off that table. Two of them I will share with you. One of them will not be revealed until I go to Pittsburgh next week, and I'm going to reveal it for the first time. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. But um, as I was walking in, one of the protesters yelled out, your baby's got 10 fingers and 10 toes, and you're going to kill it. And that has stuck with me my entire life. Mm -hmm. I will never forget that. I'll never be able to thank her enough for those words. Because up to that point, you probably didn't think of your baby as having 10 fingers and 10 toes. Like, you know, the narrative is it's just a blob of tissue. Oh, yeah. And at that time, we thought, well, you either had an abortion before it became a baby or you parented. Mm -hmm. And that's the key before it becomes a baby. It's a baby at moment of conception. What else did you think of when you were in the uh, exam room? Well, I was in the, I call it the silver room, because everything in there was silver. There was no posters, no pictures, nothing on the walls, very cold, very evil feeling. 
and I'm laying there on this cold table, and I look over to the right, my head falls to the right, and I, I see all these instruments on top of this cart, and I'm thinking, man, that looks like something you see in a dentist's office, but definitely not there for, for dental work at the time. And no one was there to explain what anything was or what they were going to do or what any of the procedures were. And as I'm laying there, I'm all alone in this room, and I hear an audio voice. And it says, get up. I sit there for a second, and I hear it again. It says, get up. It's not too late. And... I, I just sat there frozen. I know I heard this. It was stern, loving, almost pleading with me to get up. So between that and what that protester said and one other thing that I'm going to reveal in Pittsburgh Tuesday, that gave me the courage to get up off that table. Wow. God gave me the courage to get up off that table. So what? That sidewalk counselor gave me the courage to get off that table. And so then what? You walk out the door and what did you do? So I walk out the door, and I'm actually scared because I'm still pregnant. Right. So I, I, I come out the door, and the protesters that were, some of them yelling some nasty things when I, when I went in, were yelling at me when I left, calling me murderer, baby killer, and um, some other things. And I so badly wanted to say, I didn't do it. I didn't do it to, to anybody, just anybody. I wanted to share with anybody. And I was just too scared. So I just, I got into my car and we drove away. Melissa, did anyone in the clinic say anything as you were leaving? No, not one person. From after I went into that clinic, I filled out a really quick form. I think it was one sheet, maybe flipped it over. I can't remember 100%. They take your money right away, of course, because that is the the big factor behind this organization. So, you know, they get you in quickly to rush, rush, rush. You really don't have time to think. They get you back to the room. I've taken this pill. I still don't know what the pill was to this day. They don't explain anything. So it, it, it's just a cold, evil, cold, evil place. So 25 years ago, as you said, Melissa, the world's a different place than it is now. And for you to have that that voice in your ear and the courage to get up off the cold table and to walk back out across the gauntlet. What was that like then when you had to come clean and not only tell those people that you loved, but then the community at large, there you were, that girl who was pregnant, you were marked in a way. Um, You know, you can talk about it now, and I'm sure it was extremely difficult for you to go through those nine months plus. It, it was a, it was a challenge. Um, I was probably 120 pounds soaking wet. So I I, I leave the I leave the abortion clinic and I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? And um, I, I think I, I think it was a UTI because everybody goes, well, what what? How did how did you get connected? I think I had a UTI infection and I had to go to the hospital. It was pretty bad. And that's why I got connected with Rhonda, who's a social worker. And she connected me with Kirsch and Kirsch PC. And that's how everything began with learning about adoption. And, and she, Rhonda shared with me all resources that were available. I had no idea that there were pregnancy centers, that there were maternal homes, that there's foster care, that there was adoption. And when she mentioned adoption, I'm thinking, 
how can I just give my baby to someone? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about that decision. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of our uh, segment with you, Melissa, that a lot of our public discourse in relation to abortion and adoption just seems very certain that there's a lot of black and white. And But going through it, you realize that there are agonizing decisions that are made um, all along the way. And the the decision to give your baby up for adoption is really fraught with all sorts of different um, I don't know, different feelings. And, you know, from an outside perspective, you say, well, of course, the right thing is to give your baby up for adoption. Talk about what it was like for you personally, the things that you that were going around in your mind at the time. Well, I had every emotion possible going in my mind, and I'm not going to lie. Today, I still have some of those emotions. Hmm. I think, you know, no matter how many years go by, I, I you wondered, do they think about me? Do they ever wonder about me? Are they curious what I'm up to? Do they care how I'm doing? Um, keeping that secret for 19 years was huge, and it weighed heavy on my heart. I lied to everyone. So no one knew I that you had everyone. no one knew that you had the baby. Nobody, really, nobody for 19 years knew I was pregnant. So you no were one knew. you were able to keep that from your parents. You were able to yes. keep that from siblings or friends or whatever. Yes. I kept it from everyone. Wow. The only people, the only people that knew I was pregnant was the birth father, Rhonda, in the hospital, of course, and then Kirsch and Kirsch PC when I was looking for families. I had David, I had delivered David on December 22nd, and I attended all of my family gatherings as I normally would every year of my life, the 24th and the 25th, and nobody knew a thing for 19 years. So, Melissa, before we let you go, talk about uh, the film I Lived on Parker Avenue. Um, first off, I want to say something about the title because that's something I get asked about a lot. I get a lot of times whenever I speak, someone goes, so when did you live there? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't actually live there. If you really think about that title, I live. That's the day I walked away from that abortion table. That is the day I lived. That is the day David lived. Mm. It's a very powerful title. Mm. Melissa, um, we don't want to obviously steal your story. We want people to watch the documentary. We want people to see you on Tuesday. Um, If you could say something to people that are listening right now, maybe people who have looked at this as an easy issue or a black and white issue or something that, you know, just girls need to just make the right choice. What would you say? It is not easy. It is definitely not easy, but it is definitely the better option. There is a lot of emotions and feelings that go in it, but at the end of the day, you have to do what's right for your child, not you, but your child. And what about for those of us who aren't the one who's pregnant? Uh, What do we do? What could we do to make a situation like that easier for someone who's in the same position you were in? We just need to let people know they're not alone. Mm. You're not alone in this. There are so many resources available. And now, with all of the ways that we have to communicate, my job now is to go out and explain these resources, share these resources so that everybody can look at me in the eye and say, well, I didn't know. No, you knew. So I want to be able to share these resources so that everyone knows. I target eighth grade on up. And I've had people say, well, isn't eighth grade a little bit young? And I'm like, absolutely not. I know two girls right now, 14 years old, both pregnant. 
Melissa Coles, she is in town as the kickoff for 40 Days for Life in here the city of Pittsburgh and across western Pennsylvania. The campaign runs September 25th through November 3rd. Information online at 40daysforlife.com forward slash local Pittsburgh. Melissa, thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, I hope so many people are changed by what you have to share on Tuesday. And um, I hope it makes a difference for people, a day-to-day real-life difference. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. And I will see you Pittsburgh Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.